You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the brand new episode of Between You and Me the podcast where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jessica Morris. I am your host. I'm a music journalist and I'm your friend. Let's go with that. I'm really happy to be here with you today for a really exciting, unique episode that I can't wait to share with you. But before I get into that, we have a few things to update you on. Number one, you want to stay around to the end of this episode because we have a really exciting premiere of a song by our friend Anna Waters. Anna is an amazing worship folk pop artist who lives near Melbourne, Australia. I have known Anna for quite a few years and she just dropped her debut single Sunshine this week. So you will be hearing it in full at the end of this episode. People who follow us on social media would have definitely heard her uh, shared some of her covers before. So you want to hear this. Secondly, I also just wanted to send all the love in the world to all our friends in Nashville and the surrounding areas who were impacted by the tornado. I'm so sorry. There are just no words. I saw it and I was on the other side of the world and was just like, are my friends okay? I I used to eat there. I used to live there. I used to walk there. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I I can't imagine or fathom the devastation that so many of you guys are living in right now. I know that we have a ton of friends and family in Nashville who listen to this and I just want you to know that you are so loved that not only are we praying for you but we are backing for you and supporting you and um, that we are doing what we can to get behind you as you rebuild. So um, a special shout out to the people in East Nashville and North Nashville, Germantown, Cooksville, so many areas uh, that were impacted by it and the people who have lost friends and family, who have lost businesses. Thank you guys the people of Nashville, the world for stepping in and um, loving each other so well. I've, I've just been, again, awed. Like when we had the bushfires in Australia, I've been awed by the amount of organisations and businesses and individuals and charities just and churches just stepping in and, and getting their hands dirty. I've had friends on Instagram be like, I'm collecting supplies and, and sharing them here and donating them here. I've seen pictures of businesses like everyone taking a day off work and wearing like gloves and taking like uh, clearing debris. I'm just amazed by it. Nashville isn't a huge place a lot happens in Nashville but it's not a big place and the fact that you guys are pulling together and finding a way through is something um, that is amazing to me so I love you I'm praying for you and I'm with you as you as you rebuild as you grieve as you mourn Um, I love you we love you and we're here with you today's episode is really exciting because we have a couple on today. Now, in their own right, Luke Nelson and Samantha Nelson are both incredible. So Luke is an author and an inspirational speaker. And I was actually approached by their management because Luke released a book a couple of years ago called Against All Odds because he talks so openly about his journey with bullying and mental health issues. Luke was born with a significant part of his brain actually missing. As he was growing up and in his teens, this impacted him emotionally and physically. Luke will get into the detail of that, but uh, he experienced really, really severe bullying going through high school. And he has this incredible story of getting through that and overcoming it and choosing to stay and choosing to speak and now sharing that story with students and kids and churches so that people know it's okay to ask for help, so people know that bullying is not cool, what bullying actually is. Then you meet Samantha Nelson. And I heard about Sam because because the manager was like, look, she sings worship music. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to hear this. You should hear Sam's voice. It's just like people compare her to Laura Daigle, but it's like this whole dusky, folky thing. It's just this really deep resonance that's gorgeous. And The two realized that they had something really special when at the end of uh, a talking session, Sam went on the piano and she played a song for all the kids that they had been talking to. And they found that with Luke's Luke's story and Sam's gift of music, it actually like really 
in the best way possible broke open the hearts of the people who were hearing the story that people were feeling it and sensing god and the spirit they don't always talk about god it depends what school they're in or who they're talking to but it's really cool because you meet them both and you realize that together they are just like an unstoppable duo i don't know if they feel unstoppable but trust me like these two both of their stories are incredibly unique and really special and really powerful and you meet them and you're just like there's something on them. So at the moment, they're actually working on building a nonprofit, but this is early days in their career and what you will know of them. So hopefully this is the first of many things that you'll hear of them. And today I just had a chance to sit down with them and ask some questions about their story, how they met, um, why they choose to be vulnerable and how they balance life and family because they have a four-year-old and this huge calling that they feel in their life. So it's a really great episode and you will hear some of Sam's music dotted throughout. So it's definitely worth listening to. A reminder for our friends on See Me World Radio. Hi, we love you. This episode has been cut a bit short because we had such a wonderfully long interview with Sam and Luke. So if you do want to hear the full interview, we would love you to just head to your favorite podcast platform or check out betweenyouandmepod.com and hit play and you will hear the whole thing. Apart from that, Let's get into it. Here is a short bio, and then my friends meet Luke and Sam Nelson. There are some people you meet who are forces of nature. Their voice shifts the atmosphere, and their presence is inextricable. Some people enter the room with a bang, and they turn every head. We all know they are there. But there are other forces of nature people who step in quietly, and the moment they raise their voice, everyone turns and listens. That is Luke and Samantha Nelson. Individually, they both carry this X Factor in spades. They are each humble, graceful, and unique, but their voices carry a hard fought for authority that is only earned when someone conquers the darkness and chooses life. Together, they are unstoppable. As an author and public speaker, Luke Nelson shares his story about his miraculous birth. He suffered a stroke while still in his mother's uterus and a significant part of his brain didn't develop. This impacted his life physically and emotionally as he grew up and he experienced severe bullying in high school and battled suicidality. In 2018, he penned his book Against All Odds and he now speaks at schools across his home state of Minnesota and across the USA, educating students, young people and churches on the impact of bullying, on mental health and what it actually means to ask for help. And that's where Samantha steps in. By playing a few keys of piano and with a voice that turns night to day, she and Luca formed a partnership that changes the hearts, minds and souls of the people they minister to every year. A singer and songwriter and worship leader in her own right, Samantha always held a love for singing, but crippling self-doubt kept her from opening up. It was after she moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, coincidentally right next to Luke, that she gained more confidence, commanding congregations with her dusky, soulful tones. And after meeting a manager in Nashville, the strength of Luke and Sam's duality was recognised and they signed to Redemption Global Ministries. In 2017, Sam released her debut album, Worship, where she sang renditions of songs by Lauren Daigle, Hillsong and Bethel. She then dropped Final Victory in 2019, an original album of worship music that melded her piano-driven melodies with the full sound of a gospel choir, EDM tones and folk pop. Featuring songs like Found and Send Me, each track was birthed from a place of vulnerability about her and Luke's story and was often shared on the road before it was laid down in the studio. I spoke to Luke and Samantha about how their stories brought them together, what it means to live a life of vulnerability and how they find peace balancing family, ministry and work. Get ready to be inspired and get chills down the, the spine, guys. This is Luke and Samantha Nelson. As we start, can I just ask you guys to introduce yourselves over the microphone so that people listening know who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, my name's Luke Nelson. I am a author. Uh, my book's called Against All Odds. It's my autobiography. It's just what I went through um, when I was younger and how I overcame bullying. And I am also a, a motivational speaker on bullying. So I have the opportunity to go out and speak in schools, churches, and youth events. And um, I just get to hear amazing stories from students, what they're going through. And it's just really cool to see how um, what I went through in my life, how it can impact and help other students. 
and that is that's what brings me joy that's my passion and that's that's my calling I love that I love that you get to use your story for other people and it's like that's your career now it's it's awesome I love that um Sam can you tell me a little bit about what you do because I've heard that you're you're a musician yeah yep I I can play a couple of instruments basically just to write music but um I have my debut album out that's called Final Victory right now um so we've been doing some gigs and stuff with that and I'm a worship leader but I'm also an artist you know entertainer anything like that yeah perfect so how did you guys meet like how did these this creative couple just form what happens to make it happen right yeah um well I actually lived three hours away from where our hometown is now where we live right now and we actually I actually met a friend in college and she had introduced me to Ballaston, Minnesota which is where we live now and I visited, and then, long story short, I just really felt called, like, to move here and join the church here, and I just started being on the worship team, and Luke was originally from here, so he ended up moving back. He was taking care of an aunt that was in hospice, so he was doing all that, and then he moved back, and we just, we actually ended up living right next to each other. We were neighbors. That's amazing. And his parents would always say, oh, there's this girl that sings, and he plays guitar, so he, they would always say, oh, you have her over to sing and play. And yeah, I don't know. You want to add anything to that? Luke? Yeah. Um, so when I first moved back, um, yeah, I heard this. There was this girl that could sing. And I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, I play guitar a little bit. Um, I want to get together and just jam out and everything. And no joke, my guitar, if you could see it, you know, like where the hole is on the acoustic, mm-hmm. the whole bottom half is just chipped away because – my wife, Sam, thought she was a horrible singer at the time. So I would do whatever I could to play as loud as I could to get her full voice to come out. And, yeah, here we are today. She uh, recorded an album, so that's pretty sweet. That's so sweet, and I love that. Do you still play yeah. with that guitar? Yeah, I still have the guitar. Oh, yeah, I'm not letting that thing go. <laughs> so good. Um, so I thought I would start with your book Luke and just sort of go from there and then go into music if that's okay Sam sure yeah yeah um and feel free to jump in at any point either of you because that's more fun so go for it um but Luke can you tell me a little bit about your book you told us it was your autobiography but um would you mind sharing a little bit about your story and why that compelled you to share it so honestly with the world yeah for sure um so before I was, while I was still in my mother's womb, I, um, I had a stroke. And um, as a result, I lost a third of my cerebellum on the bottom right side. And, you know, that's I know, a few things that, you know, controls is like your hand-eye coordination, dexterity, balance. And I think the most important thing, it makes you aware of your surroundings, where you are. And as a result, um, it was a miracle I survived. The doctor said that um, there's no way a child that has this significant brain damage would ever survive. And since I survived, I had to go to therapy when I was like starting and I think I was like two years old, um, learn how to throw a ball, catch a ball, pick up a ball, hold a pencil or pen, run, ride a trike, all this stuff that, you know, everyone takes for granted. Um, and then from there I got to, uh, got to go to kindergarten and, you know, be with my friends, sort of have, what I thought, you know, normal childhood. And that's when I realized I, I wasn't like my other friends. I couldn't learn as fast as they could. I was way behind. And that's when the work really started. I would have to go home starting starting in third grade, spend two to three hours on homework a night, trying just to get one thing that came so easy for my friends, my classmates. And that's when I really started to, to blame God. Um, just for, like, why would you make me this way? That's when I really started to not understand why why this would happen to me because I, I believe in God. I'm a Christian, and I, I just didn't understand it. Why? And so then I went to high school, um, starting in ninth grade. That's when That's when it really got bad for me. Um, I bobbed my head as a side effect of losing that piece of my brain up and down. I still do to this day. And I would get uh, made fun of it, laughed at it. 
for it. You know, other students would walk by, mimic me, bob their head up, down, at me, with me. And it got to the point where, where I wanted to take my own life. I started believing the lies that I wasn't good enough. I was a failure. I was an embarrassment, a burden to my parents, my friends, my family. And I thought, frankly, you know, God doesn't care about me. He gave up on me. So why not just give up? And it's through my faith um, is why I'm here today. And I know if I didn't have my faith, if I was to have um, Christ to lean on, that I would have taken my life as a 16 or 17-year-old kid. So I go out, and that's what I speak on. I tell my story. Um, my wife, actually, she sings at the end a little with me um, just to um, just to really um, – I just really want to get that point across that every life matters, that every life is precious because there's so many hurting kids out there that, that especially in today's age um, with technology and everything that that are just going through horrible, horrible circumstances at school where they, they feel alone in life, that life's going by them a million miles per hour and they're stuck and there's no hope. And that's what we want to bring. I want to bring hope, you know, to those that need it to show them that that they are worth fighting for and that their life is worth living and it will get better. Thank you for sharing that. So, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's part of your job now, but it's still such a big thing whenever anyone chooses to share part of their story, especially the really painful part. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I have I've found that over the years um, – I'm just being vulnerable is um, that really helps um, to get students and even others to open up. The more vulnerable you are and if you're willing to share the horrible stuff you went through, it just makes everyone feel more relaxed and um, you get, you pull out their story, you know, they're more comfortable to tell you their story. So it, it, it helps a lot. It's fun. Um, I hear a lot of horrible, horrible, sad stories um, over the years, but it's totally worth it. Through the eyes of men, it seems there's so much we have lost. As we look down the road, we're all the prodigals ever walked. And one by one, the enemy has whispered lies and but we know that you are God, yours is the victory. We know there is more to come that we may not yet see. So with the faith you've given us, we step into a valley that you're still here because of your faith how did God reach yep. you when you were like 16 because because for so many years you were saying why why is this even a thing so what what happened to make you choose to stay um well when I had that thought about I'm um, giving up taking my own life um when those lies almost won I my life verse is um it has been this for years since I was in sixth grade, it's Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, yeah, like I said, right when I had that thought, that verse popped in my head. And I, I know I heard God say that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have me. I'm here for you. You're There's so much more that I have planned for you. And that, honestly, is what kept me going. And it still keeps me going to this day. Yeah. I. 
totally resonate with that. Obviously, our stories are completely different. Um, I, I had when I was when I but when I was a teenager, I I struggled with depression and was suicidal, and it wasn't that verse, but it was the same principle that like God had more for me, and that's why I chose to stay. That's why I asked because I was like, there's like something has to be really deep in to make you choose to stay and fight. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Um, so why did you choose to share that as a book? Was it like I imagine the experience was somewhat cathartic, but there's also a whole lot of risk in sharing your story, even when you're at like the recovery end of it and you feel better in yourself. Yeah, um, it wasn't easy. I spent many, many nights writing in my room at one in the morning, just bawling, you know, because I'm remembering all this pain and this hurt that I went through. And I was afraid that, you know, the whole world's going to be able to read my book and they're going to know what I went through. Now, I, I was afraid that people would start making fun of me again for it, to be honest with you. And, but I knew, I knew that it, this just, I couldn't keep this story in that if I would have kept it in, it would have sort of, I would have been selfish because I feel that I'm put on this earth to help others. That's why I believe as a Christian, you know, we're supposed to, we're called to help others. And I knew if, if I would have just kept that in, that that wouldn't have been fair to others because I knew that so many people get bullied and I know that the outcome bullying can have, making fun of somebody, laughing at them, calling them names. And I just it just crushed me every time I would think about it. So that's honestly what kept me going writing this book and why I wrote the book. Sam, do you remember the first time that you heard Luke's story? Would that have been the first time you spoke at church? Honestly, it's okay if you can't. I was curious. Yeah, I think like in its full, like probably the first time he shared at our church, which was like six years ago. Six years ago, yeah, six years ago. Five or six years ago was like in its full, but I mean, I knew bits and pieces, you know, going into it, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably not its full context, no. Yeah. So when you heard his story in full for the first time, I mean, obviously, like, you guys, I imagine you were incredibly close as friends before you were dating anyway. But how did yep. that, I don't know, even, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, but it's really like when you know someone's story in its entirety, it's sort of like you have this even deeper knowing of them. Did it change how you related to him because you sort of, heard that pain and and stuff like that sure I don't think it changed how I related to him other than it made me realize that we really had a ministry together yeah you know with his story and the power behind my music it was really just kind of a full circle moment of realizing that we needed to do this together and you know we weren't going to pursue you know he wasn't going to pursue the book and I wasn't going to pursue music and we'd get together when we can it was going to be no like we're going to travel together and everything's going to be as one because really I mean he speaks and then when I do the music you can just tell in the emotion of the kids and the, and the parents even that it's just meant to be together yeah oh that's I love that it's so cool and music has such a cool ability to like break down as well like walls and barriers so having it yeah. follow the story is just like perfect yeah that's kind of what we see too like he'll speak and it's like dead quiet the whole time you can hear a pin drop and then, and there's tears and stuff during that, but then it's like when the music comes, it's like they kind of break down even more like, yeah, that's me or they relate and, you know, music just speaks so differently than it does words, even though words are just as powerful. It's just a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what I would say um, to add to that, what's also so hard about, uh, because when I speak, I'm, I'm raw. I tell, I tell true stories that I've heard over the years from students. Um, I, am open. I talk, I say the word suicide and a lot, frankly, a lot of schools, they, they don't, they don't let me say suicide. Wow. They don't, they, it's like, you know, like right now the whole mental health, it's all coming out, but mental health, suicide, um, it's all like taboo to talk about. And it has been a struggle, um, getting in places and moving forward because it is just, it isn't talked about in that form, just being raw authentic vulnerable it just gets it gets teachers uncomfortable 
So, and what I don't think teachers realize is that kids already know so much more than they think. Yeah. And they're exposed to so much more with the internet and with people talking and influences around them. I mean, they know way more about mental health and suicide and everything, way more than what the teachers think. Yeah. It's so entirely true <laughs> and I wish that I had had people like you guys come to my school when I was younger because it would have made such a difference just to be like oh I'm not alone and it's okay to ask for help like just having that in a school environment is really powerful it is it, it really is I remember I uh, we were at this uh, school in Minnesota here and it, there was they asked me they're like so where do you want um the kindergartners to sit probably the way back you know i'm like no or not kindergarten excuse me first graders and i'm like brian and they're like oh really you know and they're just gonna distract you and when i started speaking and i'm not saying it's me it's just the story they could resonate with it and these tears are just running down these little first graders face Aww. and afterwards they're like how do you get through this i wanted to i want to give up how do you get get through it and keep on moving and that's yeah that's exactly what uh, sam was talking about they just teachers don't recognize that i mean even first graders are going through this and thinking about it both you guys do has a huge emo emotional toll on you even even though it's like you'd love it it's your calling but I can't even imagine the exhaustion that happens at the end of the day for both of you how do you support each other through that um prayer um before I whenever before I go on stage Sam's always right before she's always praying for me and then um afterwards I mean, we'll just talk about it, debrief, talk about how, every, how everything went, what we could do maybe, maybe to make stuff flow better and get our point across. But, but yeah, it's 900% just prayer. Yeah, praying and just decompressing too, like realizing that you, you can't take on everybody else's story, but you know that you're making an impact in their life and you hope that they actually follow through with just reaching out and, and just being vulnerable to somebody that's in their local community. Absolutely. Yeah, and one, and one thing I love, um, I get a lot of uh, messages on Instagram and stuff um, from kids telling me their story, what they're going through, and that's that's one of my favorites. I love that that connection, you know. But at the same time, it does take a toll. You know, I think it's so emotional, and it's message after message. But I love it. I love it. Yeah, I hear that definitely. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you about your story or your book that you want to talk about? Because I was like, I was about to go into music, but I was like, no, like, there could be more here. So is there anything that you wanted to say or that you would like people uh, to know? Yeah, for sure. Um, the way um, I wrote the book, I have my, uh, my um, pediatric neurologist from before I was born, um, my uncle, um, he wrote in the book. He, uh, my mom wrote in the book, like their oh. perspective on everything. My dad wrote in the book, my brother, my sister. That's so precious. So, yeah, yeah. I wanted to make it like just so we could get their perspective because I wrote it, wanted to write it in a way where parents can get a lot out of it. If they have um, kids, um, sons, daughters, family members struggling with mental health, bullying, anything. Um, it would just, it can help them and like, okay, this is what they did, you know, to help their child, you know, learn to learn, you know, this is what they did to help their child do this and that, 
And so that's how I really wanted to write the book. And that's how, um, that's why I had my family members, my pediatric neurologist writing the book. And I also, I had the kid, one kid that stood up for me in high school that changed my life. Um, He wrote in the book. He was the most popular kid. He was the captain of the football team, you know, the best athlete of the school. Um, So he played a huge, huge impact in my life. But the interesting thing is, um, years later, when I asked him asked him to write the book for me, he didn't realize what he, he, the impact he's made in my life. Um, so he goes, Luke, I just did what I thought I is was right, and it just really goes to show you that if you know if you're if you see bullying going on in the school or somebody that doesn't have any friends, made fun of, eats alone, how just taking five seconds to go talk to him. Just to say hi, how you doing? Is you know how school going? All that, just that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that could literally change somebody's life. Yeah, right there. That's um, on my book. But yeah, it's really easy to read. Um, there's pictures in it. I have my brain in there, so you can see the big dark blob and that I'm missing. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I love how you put it together with all those pieces because it m- makes it so unique. In, it, when there yeah. are so many memoirs, it's really cool. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That was the goal. Make it easy, make it unique, and it's for all ages. Luke's ministry developed and his career developed 
And somewhere along the way, I'm imagining that so did yours because you released an album. So can you tell me what what happened between Luke destroying his guitar and you releasing an album? Yeah. So before, oh gosh, before the book, before the album, I was just newly to the church, newly on the worship team. Um, I could always sing, you know, I was in choir and honor choir and different things like that. I was always musical. I played an instrument in high school and everything. So And I was always interested in music. I always wanted to sing. But when it came to singing out loud or singing in a microphone, I would get super nervous. Like my mouth would shake and I'd get all jittery and it would just be weird. And I also sang soprano, which is very different from how I sing now. If you listen to any of my music, it's, I have a very low voice and you can kind of tell when I talk too. But, um, so getting into the worship side of things and learning that kind of music, it was just just a different element for me. And I didn't realize what kind of a power my voice had. So yeah, Luke would just bang as hard as he could on the guitar because in my mind, you know, it's just a mental game. I just thought if he played as loud as possible and couldn't hear me, then, you know, I would sing louder because nobody could hear me. So (laughs) yeah, perfect. Yeah. So that developed. And then actually kind of the breaking point of realizing, you know, what I had for a voice and where it was going to go was we had a worship night at our church and Luke and I, it was the, the worship team was leading. I wasn't even up there, but we had a little segment in the middle where we were able to do a special and Luke and I played night or Luke played and I sang and I just sang different like scripture and stuff. It wasn't even really a real song. It was just different scriptures that I'd put together and I sang it. And I remember our worship leader at the time was like, holy cow, <laughs> where did that come from? That is not you. Like it was just crazy. So Obviously, it was the Holy Spirit, but that's where it really was like, okay, you know, I can do this now. Right. And I was like, yes, finally. Because <laughs> I had a microphone where you could shut it off. Not all of them have that. So I would just shut my microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, like, I imagine you would have been like, finally, everyone else is seeing and hearing what I've always known is there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's like, finally. Pretty much. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so how did you go from that point of being brave enough to write and record your own album? Oh, sure. Yeah. So throughout time, like our worship team started writing some music and and just different praise music with the worship leader there. And um, we did a small album locally here in Minnesota, like really low budget type, just something fun for our church. And then from there, I took some of those songs and kind of developed them a little bit more. And then quite a few years had passed and Luke had come across this thing on Facebook. It was just like an ad that popped up and we don't we don't follow anybody in Nashville. We don't follow any labels or anything like that. It was just such a really oddball thing that he found. And we ended up looking into it and I ended up going down there and recording actually a piano album at first. That was just, just kind of low key worship music with a piano. It was really pretty. And then from there turned into um, this manager asking me to be with them and do another, like a full album of original music. So it just kind of snowballed into it, I guess. Do you have anything to add about that, really? Um, I was, it, was, it was just a God thing. That's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of happened, I guess. I, it's, I really wasn't pursuing it. I wasn't doing anything, you know. I wasn't moving to Nashville to make it big or anything like that. It just kind of happened, you know. It was just God kind of orchestrating something. So, And that developed the album and just a lot of connections we've made for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And our uh, our manager Jonathan Goodwin, he uh, it was he actually put the vision together. I remember when the first time we were in Nashville recording in Dark Horse, and Sam's behind the glass recording. I'm sitting in the studio with Jonathan, and he's mixing. And he goes, "Now, Luke, uh, this is gonna be a ministry you guys are gonna do together. I think this would be perfect together. You talk about bullying because that's so prevalent and huge, and it's gonna get worse and worse." And the mental health, and then, and then Sam will sing. So that's actually how it really started with both of us together. Is from our manager saying, "Yes, you guys need to do this together." That's the what I see. When I You
story like what essentially what Lucas had to do and learn to do with his book oh sure sure well this first album was kind of focused more on you know praise and worship type music it's not so much a story quite yet I'm kind of working on that for a second album to come out just gonna be a little bit more pop uh Mm -hmm. based but like one of the songs in the album is called found um that was originated um going off of Luke's story and like talking to people that are broken and lost and just don't feel loved. Um, the song just talks about being found. And obviously in my song, it means being found by God and Jesus, you know, discovering that, Oh, there is somebody that loves me. But, um, really that was, that one was based off of just your story and you speaking. That was probably a couple of years, even before this album came to be. Um, and then a few of the other songs on the album are actually from our worship, uh, church album that we had. So I yes. pulled some of them, and then we kind of redid those musically-wise. Um, and then another really big hit on the, on the album is called Send Me. And that song was actually a prophetic word that we had gotten, or I had gotten, um, about writing a song. And I didn't know this when I wrote the song. It was a word I had gotten previously, years back, maybe three, four years back, that I would write a song called Here I Am, Lord, Send Me. And I was coming home from work one day, and I literally had – over half the song just come to me in the car. Wow. And I only have a 20 minute drive, so it's not a lot. (laughs) I pulled out my phone and I hit the record button as I'm driving and I'm just singing kind of what's coming to me. And then I went right to the church after I got home and finished it. And I called it send me. And then it wasn't like probably a year past that, that I actually pulled out our words. And I was like, Luke, like, look, it said I was going to write a song like this. And I had no remembrance of that at all. So that one's kind of been a really big hit and just something cool to look back on and stuff. And now in like the next week or two, we're going to have an artist um, down in Nashville sing on it. Oh, wow. So that's going up next. So an artist is already established. So that'll be fun to have a, a secret artist come on or a co-artist. I don't know if it's secret, but a co-artist come totally on. Totally works. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's, that's really, very cool. So Luke, how do you – give Sam the space to work on her music, knowing that so much of what you do is, like, collaborative and a team effort? Um, I guess, really, to give her the space, I, uh, she goes to the church a lot at night um, when she comes home from work, and that's where she goes and to really just to, um, not even just unwind, but to, um, just to, um, play the play the keys and um just just sit there and pray and just just let god give her words to a song um so that's normally what she does i just get put my daughter we have a four-year-old four-year-old daughter um i'll i'll take her and just watch a movie put her to bed and she'll just be able to go and just veg out jam out and then before i know i'll be getting a call 10 minutes later oh hey luke i got another song (laughs) Can you guys tell me how do you manage living like ministry 
and also like having a young family? How do you balance that? It's right now it's, it's, um, it's really hard. Um, Cause like you said, it, you know, it, it's our passion. We love it. It's not like a job to us, but it's, um, it does take a toll on us. Uh, ministry does. But um, right now, we even my wife has a full time job still. You know, we're just really starting to get things really going. Um, but I'd say what we do to manage it, we for sure we try to be present when we're home. Uh, meaning, we give our full attention to our daughter. We have a lot. Of, we have family nights. Uh, we sleep on the floor in the living room. Our daughter loves that. So sweet. Um, we go on. Uh, we go. You know, try to get on vacations. Even we just yeah, we just went to Florida for nine days in January. Yeah, so we try to just do stuff like that. Um, um, and I think we also manage it, too, by having family members and stuff that help us and support yeah, us. sure. And mentors. even friends and mentors. I mean, they'll watch Eileen. They'll bring her to events, you know, different things like that. We just have a lot of people that partner along with us because they know our mission and our goals and what we want to – what we feel like we're called to do, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That makes a ton of sense. I can't imagine the balance, but I also love that you guys are pairing your passion with that. Like it makes, it's sort of, it, I sort of feel like that's like the way to live life to the fullest and like to actually like follow God, even though it's not always comfortable. But. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big believer that uh, God moves when you are, un- when you're uncomfortable, when you're outside your comfort zone, that's where he moves. And so that's where I try to live. And I, and I try to push my wife to live there as well. I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's not fun. You know, maybe some days you might have to be vulnerable. You know, tell somebody that something that you're going through. But, man, when you do, it's just amazing to step back and watch what God will do with it. One of the questions I had down was how, like, your mutual creativity influences your marriage and goals. But I feel like that's something that you have actually both shared so much through both your stories. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's like they just crisscross so perfectly and I love that Um, yeah it's really not really anything we have to work at it just kind of (laughs) happens yeah yeah Yeah, I remember one I think one of the first times I spoke I'm like hey Sam maybe you should try we should maybe sing like you say you know by Lauren Daigle or something afterwards and yeah it just it was natural like didn't even have to practice she just I just started playing my guitar and she just started singing and, and it just happened to work perfectly what are your hopes and dreams as a couple personally and professionally that you want to share, obviously, but like you've, you've both achieved so much individually and together already. What, what do you want to happen in the future? Well, we're actually working on putting together a nonprofit right now. Oh, oh so uh, cool. Yeah. That goes towards um, anti-bullying and just, it's, it's way more than that though. It's just like showing people, not even just kids, but even adults that they have a purpose in life and sharing that through Luke's testimony and my music. And just, we're just, our hopes are just to have that blow up to be full time where we're traveling and just constantly doing something with the nonprofit and giving back to different communities and schools. And, you know, I, I honestly don't even know what that looks like, but just having that just blow up and be a full time thing for the both of us together would be probably my, that's probably both our goals right now. Yes. That sounds incredible. Yeah I, would, yeah, I would say that's she nailed it. It's, I mean, we've been to places where um, where no one's really gone, like way out in the middle of no man's land, like hours away from the nearest. Like just small communities. I mean, big communities are great, but that's where everybody wants to go. So it's nice to be able to have the means and the income just to go to these small communities that nobody wants to go to because there's still a couple hundred people there that are bullied. But nobody goes there and talks to them. Yeah, definitely. How does it work for you guys in terms of sharing your story and knowing when to talk about Jesus? Because I imagine that not all schools are like Christian schools. So how do you walk that line? Um, well, when I um, go to a public school, um, like I'm going to be going to one soon, uh, they, I, I ask them. I uh, I flat I'll flat out ask if I if I can share my faith, um, what Christ did for me, um, and for a while there I could, but now the last couple of years, like this school I'm going to be going to soon, 
Um, yeah, I can't mention anything about God. I can't mention my faith. But but afterwards, I uh, I usually have students come up and talk to me, and um, I'm able to to like tell them, talk to them about my faith and what like Christ did for me. I never I never put it on them. I never put try to shove my my faith you know down their throat or anything. Um, and that's normally how I do it. Um, a lot of times there's even question and answering after I speak and there's, o- there's always one student that always asks if I'm a Christian. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Always one, always one student. And it's, it's funny because it's like, how would they even know? But it makes you wonder if they're searching. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I feel like everyone is searching. Mm-hmm. Everybody is searching. Um, and yeah, that's my way of when I get the students by themselves one on one. I'm just to tell them about my faith, what Christ did for me, and and a lot of times, you know, they're really receptive of it, and it gets, you know, it just gets them thinking. I just throw a few random questions at my guests just to see what we come up with. They could be lies or not. Really depends where you want to take them. It's all good. Um, so um, I'll start with Luke. What is the strangest experience you've had as a public speaker? Strangest experience I've had. Strangest one. If it's easier, you can go funniest, whatever you prefer. The oh, yeah. Somebody tried to attack you on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say one of the funniest um, and the strangest, I should say. So I was at this, uh, this school, and usually when I speak, I um, talk about um, the bully. And I'll say something like to the fact, um, you know, those that are, of you that are being bullied, you're really not the one with the problem. Those that are bullying you, making fun of you, laughing at you, they hurt just as much as you are. And you're, they're drowning just as bad as you are. And uh, a lot of kids, I can tell who the bullies are right off the bat. Right off the bat, they're glaring at me. They're <laughs> yeah. sitting down in their chair thinking that everyone's looking at them. But there's 800 That's to 1,000 students. So that no, nobody knows who I'm talking to, you know. But they think everyone knows who they are. And a lot of them probably do. Um, and they're squirming and stuff. And I remember afterwards, I was going to try to – I'm going to talk to them. And before I couldn't get there because I had students come up, you know, it was like a wall. I couldn't, they just got out of there as fast as they could. And then um, a couple weeks later, we were on our way back from middle South Dakota. And I had one student attacking me at going after my our daughter, four year old daughter. Um, so that was probably the strangest thing that's, so far has happened to me. Um, some funny things I've had in during the presentation, you know, it's dead quiet. I've had um, workers, you know, that are, you know, busting the tables, walk in with, and pour in a big bucket of ice into um, like the big water container. Mm-hmm. So it's just really loud, you know, clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of that stuff happen. But other than that, no one's come up and, Throwing a punch at me, thankfully, yes. Good. So, I'm so glad. You know, or yeah. I know, right? Or boot me off the stage or anything. So, so that part's nice. But yeah, the weirdest thing was having a high school kid go after my daughter like that. That's that's scary. How do you guys <laughs> like? How, how do you guys cope with that? Um, honestly, at first, being a dad, I was extremely mad at first. 
But then I, uh, like, dude, like, this is what's going on. What do I do? What do I Those that are coming at you, they're the ones that are hurting. Just as bad as the ones that are being bullied. So that's really how I, I get through it now. And I know it's just, they're behind the screen. So, yeah. you know, they don't, don't mean it. They would never say that to my face or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do, I have one more, one more really, uh, sort of a, it was a really cool, cool story, but I've never been asked this before, but. I had a dad, it was actually at the same school, he came up to me and he asked me if I would do a house visit and come talk to his son that just um, was expelled the day before and he's bullied really bad because he punched a bully in the face. Wow, <laughs> yes. He asked me to come, you know, if I do a house visit, come talk to him and stuff and that was really fun. I love doing that. That's the kind of, I like that um, one-on-one experience. I love it. Yeah. So those two things right there, where they were pretty, uh, the most weird thing that's really ever happened. Yes. Yeah, I think you covered the full spectrum then. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Sam, when it comes to music, if you could collaborate or sing with anyone in the entire world, living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, uh, gosh, that's a tough one because I feel like there's a lot. You can do a top three or a handful if they come to mind. That is okay. A top three. I would probably say Lauren Daigle. Good choice. I have a lot of people that reference me to her. I've had so many people hear her songs on the radio and say, I heard your song today. And I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. What? Yeah, I'm like, how can it be or something like that? And I'm like, that's Lauren. <laughs> Well, that'd be cool to meet somebody that everybody thinks I sound like. I mean, yeah. that'd be fun to sing something with her. Um, I think Adele would be another one that would be pretty awesome. Um, Kim Walker. All great choices. Williams would be pretty cool, too. He's got a pretty rugged voice. So that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot. Um. My last question, and you guys can both answer it individually or together, I don't mind, but if you could go back to the day when you guys first met, what would you say to yourself, knowing what you know now? When we first met, what would I say to I would say to myself, we need a, we need to get our ministry going earlier than we have. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what I would say. Answer. In um, that, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, um, a lot of crashes. But if you stick together, um, keep God in the center, you guys are going to get through it. Okay, as I was editing this this episode and I put the Send Me song at the end of it, I, like, had goosebumps for a full minute. It's just incredible, right? Oh, man. These guys are just amazing. They are lovely. Um, thank you for sticking it out through some of the audio difficulties. There's a, a big gap between where I live in Australia and Minneapolis, Minnesota. I, I think snow is involved. I'm not quite sure because I don't live there. But thank you, guys. You are absolute superstars and I'm so grateful for your voice and your story and I really hope that you guys all really enjoyed it if you would like to connect with Luke and Sam get on it you can connect with Luke Nelson at author Luke Nelson on Instagram you can connect with Sam at Samantha Nelson Music 
You will find links to their websites in our show notes as well. And you can also pick up Luke's book Against All Odds on Amazon. You will also find Samantha's album Final Victory on Amazon or Spotify or any of your favorite streaming or download music platforms. It's a really special album and there's a lot of depth to it. So I would love you to get on that. And now a special moment before we finish the episode, because this is happening more and more now and I love it. We are premiering a friend's new song and oh my gosh, guys, if you haven't heard Anna Waters before, you were in for a treat. And I'm literally not just saying that because it's a cliche thing to say. I have grown up with Anna and uh, she has always just had this really beautiful, rare and for lack of a Christian word, like a really anointed voice. And she has sung with the band Sons of Cora and toured internationally with them. And now she has released her debut single. It is this beautiful, fun, poppy, sunshiny song called Sunshine. And uh, it's just great. So my friends, here is Sunshine by your next favorite singer, Anna Waters. Sunshine's gone and I'm much too late The moon has settled and it's here to stay But I know love is guiding me Through the valley and to the sea was the sunshiny Australian pop sounds of Anna Waters. You can go and pick up her single Sunshine Now wherever music is sold or streamed. And I promise you when she releases more music and has an EP coming out, we will interview her. You will hear more from her. Do not worry about that. You can go and connect with Anna on Instagram at Anna Waters Music. 
as always, that's all we have for this episode, but I want to thank you guys for listening. We have had like a mammoth few weeks of just dropping episode after episode after episode, and it's not going to stop. We have a very special, mind-blowing, I'm so excited episode for you on Friday. I can't tell you what it is yet. I'm sorry, but you have to trust me. You want to hear this. So make sure that you go and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform now. If you are on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it these days, make sure you head over there, hit that button. And if you love this, please go and consider giving us a five-star rating and a review. It means that whatever country you're in in the world, people can find us and these amazing stories are shared. We would love that. If you are looking for another way to support the podcast, we also have some really fun merch available at our store at betweenyouandmepod.com. We have some throwbacks to some iconic Christian music legends, as well as some logo merch, t-shirts, diaries, you know, they can make anything these days and we have it. So definitely go and head to our website for that. Aside from that, if you would like to connect with me, head on over to our website or you can find us on Instagram at Between You Me Pods. We post there regularly and would love to hear from you. Thank you again for joining me this week and I will see you next week. My name is Jessica Morris. It is a delight to do life with you, my friends. I'll see you then. silenced and all depression cease let every dark assignment bow down at jesus feet let every curse be broken let every storm be tamed and all that come against us be bound in jesus name your presence is my greatest Pushing back the darkness, breaking every chain, my worship opens up the heavens, crushing every stronghold when I speak your name, cause your presence is my weapon, your presence is shaken your love will not back down death has been defeated what can stop me now hold on to what you've spoken you said that i am free you've given me your promise and you are my victory your presence is my greatest weapon pushing back for listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to jesuswire.com.